It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your day one recap for this week's Ryder Cup. And joining me to break it all down, it's Greg Ducharme. What up, Greg? USA, baby. Let's go. We're close. It it feels a little too good to be true right now. Um, But but what a day. What a day. It could have been worse, Greg. Uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna talk we're gonna talk about it. it's six to two okay so we are through we're gonna go through match by match it is six to two it could have been worse Greg yeah it, re- it really could have been I mean you think about JT and uh, JT and Jordan losing the very first match of the tournament um, the first match of the event tournament whatever you want to call it and then coming down the stretch you're relying on a, a Tyrrell Hatton driver five iron to make birdie on eighteen that was to the steal, first match that went to eighteen too steal yeah. a half. And then JT, you have Justin Thomas sitting over a 25 footer for the full point, And you kind of feel like you got away with another half if you're the Europeans there at the very end. Yeah, let's jump into this. So we started our Friday morning with foursomes. The pairings from uh, the U.S. side were certainly no surprise. I don't think we got many surprises on the European side as well. But uh, I guess the big storyline here, Greg, is that the United States comes out winning three points out of the possible four in the morning in a format that generally isn't a great format for them. So the Europeans after the morning wave already very much behind the eight ball. Yes. Although um, it it did have a feel of a lot of the last Ryder cups. I I think one of the more surprising statistics that we see um, and have seen so far this week is that the Europeans haven't led after the first session since 2006. But you think about it, they've, won every Ryder cup, but two in that time period. So um, it, it's been quite a nice run for them. And the U S has done well in the opening session, but the second session of day one has been where Europe has really made a move. And today the, the U S really, uh, they, they really fended them off the lone bright spot. And the only match that was won in full by the Europeans on day one was the very first match out. It was John Rahm and Sergio Garcia winning three and one over Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth. This was very much a heavyweight bout. We had the number one player in the world on one side, along with the man who has scored, what, more European points or more Ryder Cup points than anybody going up against Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth, one of the longest running partnerships uh, in Ryder Cup history. And John Rahm looks like the number one player in the world. Sergio Garcia hit a couple of funky shots, but this was a heavyweight bout with the Europeans coming out on top. Yeah, and um, er- early on, and you see what what for some play is really all about. It's much more of a grinders, scramblers kind of game because you can hit good teach, especially on this golf course. Uh, John Rahm hit a couple of pulls early, and Sergio was in some funky lies um, in the hay in many cases. Um, but, uh, really that match was won on the greens by John Rom. John Rom's putter got hot and, uh, and, and for the U S they, they missed uh, particularly JT. He missed a lot of putts he could have had. I, I wouldn't say they're 
they're not tap-ins, not quite as bad as Tommy Fleetwood was later on in the afternoon around the turn. He missed some real short ones. Um, it, it wasn't quite that bad for JT, but there were a lot of opportunities starting right at the very first hole where he had chances to change the momentum. And if he got a couple of those putts to fall, I, I do think that match would have turned out very different. But fortunately, the guys behind had their had their back. The perfect encapsulation of that match was Jordan Spieth hitting maybe the greatest shot I've ever seen in my entire life, almost succumbing to Lake Michigan. Uh, and then JT misses like the four footer for par. That was like the, perfect, <laughs> it was like the perfect, like, ah, just, they were never going to win this. <laughs> yeah. Right. It just wasn't meant to be. And look, if you give up a point to John Rom, it's, it's not the end of the world. Um, that's why, that's why the Americans are still the favorite, even though the Europeans have world number one, because John Rahm can go out there and win a match and they can still kind of get handled for the, for the session. Um, but that shot was, and it nearly took his own, the brim of his own hat off. It went straight up in the air and it might've hit him. It might've hit himself right in the hat if he hadn't fallen backwards, uh, as far down as he did, but beautiful control by Jordan Spieth to get his footing, go with the momentum. It, it was like getting in an undercurrent out in the ocean and swimming with it until you gain your footage. So it was, uh, it was, it was a thing of beauty. Match number two of foursomes was Dustin Johnson and Colin Morikawa beating Paul Casey and Victor Hovland three and two. Greg, this was an example of kind of never getting off beat. You know, an alternate shot when you've got this set up where you want the best driver to drive on the hard holes, then you want your approach guy to hit the approaches. And sometimes when you get out of order, you're in big trouble. DJ and Colin never got out of order. It was just, it was just DJ pounding drives and Colin Morikawa hitting it to, you know, 15 feet and making enough putts. It was, it was a very good display of golf as the second match out. Yes, um, for both players. And you think about the confidence on, on the first hole. You have Colin Morikawa holding a, a really nice putt for birdie. Which that, is, was, that was such a pure stroke, dead in the... I was so impressed. Right out of the gate, your first Ryder Cup match, your first hole, this guy just pures one dead in the heart. And and it's huge for him. That's the, the concern with Colin Morikawa, or the knock is... Well, when he doesn't play well, it's usually uh, on the putter and he looked healthy, which is the first um, the, the first real thing. I, I think we expected him to look healthy. His swing looked like it was back in form. But to, but but the biggest question for him, no matter what kind of form the rest of his game is, is what's he going to do on the greens? And we've seen him look like, um, you know, a, a phenomenal putter in events that he's won uh, and events that he doesn't win. He typically struggles on the greens. So when you get in this format and you're playing with the veteran Dustin Johnson and you don't want to let him down and you're playing at home and there's a lot of pressure, uh, he stepped up and, and that was really important. Um, and, and I think it was kind of a turning point and it really helped his confidence going through the rest of the day. It is not lost on me that these guys are both tailor-made guys. How big of a deal is it that they both play the TP five, the same ball in alternate shot? I think it's a really big deal. Um, I, I think it's a really big deal. Be you think back to Seve Ballesteros, and I can't tell you the year, but Seve, one time, it, it was months before the Ryder Cup, he sent some like 300 balls to Nick Faldo and said, get used to these because we're playing together and we're playing this ball. And when you don't have to make that decision and nobody has to make an adjustment, 
it helps. Uh, it, it goes a long way. So um, it, it's an underrated aspect of of alternate shot. It's one I think the Americans have taken kind of. Uh, I don't want to say they've been lazy about it, but it hasn't been a a focal point. And and I think it's created some issues in the past. You think of like a Tiger Phil pairing for for one. Um, they play such different golf balls or did at the time. And it was a big adjustment for someone. And that's a challenge. And so these guys not having to deal with that. Yeah, it's nice. And you know that they they know each other, right? They're in Christmas. They're, they're in the <laughs> Christmas cards together and, and all they're, that. Kind they're of in stuff. the onesies together. Right, right. right. So they've, <laughs> you know, they're close. Uh, speaking of guys who may or may not be close, the Florida State boys, Brooks Kepka and Daniel Berger, get the job done over Lee Westwood and Matt Fitzpatrick. That was two and one. My two takeaways uh, from this match, Greg, one, Daniel Berger was great. I love Daniel Berger and Lee Westwood uh, was not. There was very little energy, very little fight from uh, the Europeans in general on this Friday, but it felt like especially from this pairing. I, I liked this Berger uh, Kepka pairing. It's one I expected to see. I wasn't sure if it was going to be in four sums or four ball, but I really liked the pairing. Um, Daniel Berger was confident. He was ready to go. There was no sign of nerves from him, um, which was great. He had a couple of blocks with iron shots late. And I, I thought the Americans got a little sloppy in this one towards the end, but you're right. There was never a sense of, okay, uh, Westwood and Fitzpatrick are really coming after us. And I, I thought this was the most curious. I know they're both Englishmen. I get you have a young and an old, so to speak, which, which makes sense. Uh, but I would have liked to see if I'm Padraig Harrington, a little more energy out of this group. And I'm not sure where that was going to come from, from the start. So it was really important for the U S to take a match that I thought they were kind of slop. I mean, they, they didn't really have to do a whole lot. Yeah. And so they got the point and they got the win, but this one, it went on longer than it needed to. I didn't think that. Yeah. I did not even think the Americans were, were great. Uh, on that side, I thought no. Berger hit a couple of really good piercing shots. They made a couple of putts, but it, it, it was, just like a battle of attrition, like who's going to just outlast the other team to get this one done. It was yeah. Kepka missed a couple of putts that he could have had burger on the very first hole. That was a, a rather nasty lip out. I thought he had a really good putt, but anyway, they, they could have really ran away with this match and didn't, but it was, it was nice to come away with the full point. The anchor match on Friday morning was the heavyweight bout. These are a couple of big time pairings or at least some star power. Patrick Cantlay and Xander Shoffley going up against Rory McIlroy and Ian Poulter. And Greg, uh, I, I can't even say it was a hot start for Cantlay and, and, and Xander because that might be uh, not doing it enough justice. They won not only the first hole, not only the first two, not the first three, not the first four, the first five holes. This thing was over, absolutely boat raced uh, an hour and 15 minutes into this match. And these are two of, it's great. Again, you go back to, it's the same thing in the Kepka match, although almost you love getting the full point any way you can get it. But when you get a full point against the two emotional leaders, the spark plugs of the European team, I think it goes even yes. farther. You just kind of cut their legs out from under him. You cut the wind out of their sails. He saw Poulter later in that match trying to get a couple of fist pumps going when they're staying alive, but it was just it, there was just nothing there. There wasn't enough that they could do. So I loved Stricker putting these guys out in the anchor match. You're expecting a a, a big time opponent in that 
slot and, um, and, and to be able to, you know, you don't know where you're going to get Rom. You don't know where you're going to get Rory, but you figure it's probably first and last. Right. And, and to get a split out of JT and Spieth against their heavyweight and, and can't land Shoffley against there to get a split there, I think is really big because you're, you're now able to take advantage of your depth in the middle two matches and come away with a significant lead. So huge, huge match for them. And it was great to take away that stress, take away the question, take away any momentum that a, a Poulter and Rory getting a, getting a blue flag on the board could, could have done. You nailed this. Uh, Rory McIlroy and Ian Poulter are the emotional spark plugs of this European team along with John Rom. So when you get two of them out in the anchor match, you're expecting fireworks. And we never saw it. Maybe because it, they lost the first five holes, but we didn't even see it really like after their tee shots on their approach. We, we just, it just never happened. They were flat from the tee shot. And when you lose the first couple, it, it just, it, it never got back on track. We're going to have more to talk about Rory McIlroy, but this was um, to me, the most disappointing match of Friday. And then it's, it's, it's going to get worse for Rory when we talk about the afternoon matches. Right. Um, so look, that it's, it's a huge win. And, and these are guys that you have circled on your, on your list. If you're captain Stricker, we got to find a way to slow down Rory, Rom, Poulter. He may have included some other players in there. Those were the three that I had in mind. Um, maybe Sergio Garcia is one of them as well. But that being said, when you, when you cut the legs out from underneath those guys, you kind of expect Rom to play well and, and you expect Rom to give you a, a battle. And if you don't beat him, but you give him a good match, you feel like you'd, you know, you feel like you gave it your best, but when you can take two of their two of three, two of four, whatever you consider it, and and you can crush their momentum early in this manner, uh, it goes a long way, and it sends a it sends a very serious message. And I don't want to take away from Patrick Cantlay and Xander Shoffley because they were magnificent. Greg, they were, I, I mean, I think they made five birdies out of the gate or something like, I mean, it was, it was very impressive golf. They continued that successful partnership. We did not see them play together in the afternoon. More on that in just one second, but that, that is when you are captain Stricker and you are looking for a reliable pair and you get your guys to go out and do what they did in the anchor match in the morning. It's just, it's chef's kiss and four sums. Yes. And and you're developing now. You you knew you could see this coming from Presidents Cup, and they went two and zero together in Presidents Cup, um, two zero uh, and two in in um, in four ball. So you're looking you're looking at these guys and hoping that they are what you think. But now when when you come up in your first match in four some plays against Rory McIlroy and Ian Poulter, that's welcome to the Ryder Cup, um, and nothing against the international players. But this is. This is what the Ryder Cup is. And this is the team. Um, this is a team that really hurts the Americans year in and year out. These two players, whether they're together, separate, whatever, um, they they have been an Achilles heel for us. And when you're when your new hot um, high anticipation pairing comes through like this and can really put the beat down on it's a it's a good sign. And Captain Stricker feels really good, really yeah, he good. He was feeling himself after getting three points uh, in the opening session in foursomes. So the uh, U.S. team goes out 
uh, three points to one point, and we go to afternoon four ball. We need to talk about that. We need to speculate wildly about the results of this event. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. And we're back. Friday afternoon, four ball. This is a birdie fest, Greg. This is everybody gets to play their own ball. We just try to rack up as many birdies as we can, and we see what happens. This historically, and even on paper, a much better format for the U.S. team because of their, uh, you know, kind of uh, birdie-making prowess. Yes, um, it's definitely a better session, but it's still kind of a, you know, the last 10 Ryder Cups, they... that. The Europeans are five, three, and one in this format. So it's better and we like our chances more, but this is the format where you get a lot more splits. Um, you may get more halves. You're more likely to see a two-two kind of a session. And where four sums it it tests the team more, in my opinion. Um, so I kind of feel like while the Europeans have had an edge and at some points have been dominant in four sums against us. Um, we have kind of been a little bit of a letdown in the four ball where we're expected to do better. Mm. Um, and, and today we did a little more of what we were expected to do. We did not get on either side, any duo being paired together again in the afternoon from the morning. First time in Ryder cup history that has happened. That means JT and Spieth did not play together. Patrick Cantlay and Xander Shoffley did not play together. We'd not see DJ Morikawa again. And I want to know why Greg, I have a theory, a little bit of a theory, but what's your hunch on why neither team opted to roll out the same exact pair for the first time in Ryder cup history? It doesn't surprise me for the Europeans. One, because they me were neither. losing, right? Two, they do this all the time. Correct. Um, from the American side, it's a little bit more of a risky play because you have two pairings who are marquee. Um, they're expected to do really well in JT and um, JT and Spieth and Morikawa and I'm uh, not Morikawa, Shoffley and Cantlay. You're expecting a lot out of those guys. And so, if you lose, if you split these teams up and it doesn't work, it could be uh, those those kind of decisions could be brought into question. But I like it. I like splitting them up. I, I think you have pairings for um, you have teams for sessions. You have teams for formats, and this is what the Europeans have done beautifully over the years. And I also I, I can't help but think it helps unite the team a little bit more, right? You give you know, all of a sudden you have a Shoffley. DJ pairing that we didn't expect to see and it works 
and you have a JT and a Cantlay coming together. And now all of a sudden you're, you're taking these really strong groups that you have, these really strong teams, and you're turning them into a, uh, a bigger, closer, more united team. So I think it's interesting on a couple of fronts. It was risky, but fortunately it worked out. I think that it is a more data-driven decision process. And I think that they're looking at it saying, yep, here's our good, here's our good combos for alternate shot. Here's our good combos for best ball. And I think that just, just taking the same guys and rolling them out four times together was a little bit old school because they play well together and they feed off each other and we're going to keep them going. And like there, there was never any data behind that, but, but you're right. And I was thinking about this as soon as those pairings came out, I was thinking if this goes South for Europe or for the United States, if Europe wins this three to one and they go on to win the Ryder cup, this will be the moment that everyone says Steve Stricker either over captained or over coached or overthought it or did whatever. But, uh, at least, at least thus far, he has dodged. He has dodged that bullet. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm interested to know what kind of data you thought um, it, it comes into play. Like for just to go through some of the groupings, uh, Scheffler and Bryson make sense. They play at the same course together. There's a Texas thing there. They're both re- wonderful drivers of the ball, and then it's also four ball. So you have an opportunity. It, it's you don't have to gel quite as much. Um, so I, I do think that one made sense. I think it was the most likely pairing for Bryson. Um, English and Finau was an interesting one to me that I didn't necessarily, I, I, I didn't so, see any of the other ones coming, I guess. is the, Neither did I, but I think you can make the argument and, and okay. I think the argument is you can get a really good prolific potential birdie maker with someone who is much more solid. Harris English goes with Tony Fina. Harris English is your solid one. Patrick Cantlay is your solid one. Scotty Scheffler, at least more solid than Bryson because Bryson is just an absolute maniac out there. And then Xander Shoffley plays the straight man to Dustin Johnson. And what you get is... What you also get is uh, the United States has a plethora of riches, right? All of their guys are so good. You could make this argument just about every single one of them. But we saw this, especially in the DeChambeau-Scheffler pairing, that Scotty Scheffler hitting fairways and hitting greens allows Bryson DeChambeau to literally do whatever he wants. Right. And that's what Scotty Scheffler does for the year. I mean, he is, at his length, extremely accurate. Um, And he is, I want to say, yeah, he might be our third. I, th- I think he's our third most accurate driver of the golf ball. I don't have it in front of me right now, but at his length, he, you could argue is one of the, one of the better drivers on, on the PGA tour. He's hitting like 64% of his fairways for the year at 303, 305 yards off the tee. So yeah. that's, a, that's a really accurate hitter. Um, but again, it's, it's the Texas thing makes sense to me, but it's not the guy I would based on that. Well, I want to, uh, uh, checkmark kind of i call it checkmark golf fairways and greens i I would have thought paris english would be great in that role daniel berger would be yeah we've been we've been talking about an english bryson pairing for a long time that in this format right yeah so scheffler i guess look it it makes sense and it worked i just i think that may have had more to do with the uh the dallas national connection than anything else for sure the 
afternoon four ball session. We can roll through these. Match one, Dustin Johnson, Xander Shoffley beat Paul Casey and Bern Viesberger two and one. I was pretty impl- uh, impressed with, with Bern Viesberger. I thought he made a couple of really clutch putts. He hit a couple of good shots. They The Europeans were simply outclassed by uh, Dustin Johnson and Xander Shoffley, who are just thriving in the moment. And now both of them uh, have two full points for the United States team. I think this may have been a mistake from Potter Carrington. Um, I mean, this is this is not a first of the session kind of team, in my opinion. Uh, so I, when I saw that matchup, I was a little bit surprised. It's like, I, I don't want to they're wonderful players. And I agree with you. Bern Wiesberger impressed me. Stepping up and birdie in the first hole the way that he did in his first Ryder Cup is a big deal. Uh, and he And he played really well. But you know, going in, he's on the weaker side and you're relying on Paul Casey to kind of show him the way. So it, it was an interesting first pairing. You have John Rahm and, and Tyrrell Hatton out there. Um, you got Rory and Shane Lowry, even even Fleetwood and Hovland. I think you expect those guys to give a better match. And if you're the, if you're Podrick, you're looking at what Stricker's going to do with a three and one lead. He's got to come out heavy early and. And I just I feel like he gave him kind of a the weakest of their matches um, first, which I thought was a I, I think that was a mistake. But um, but DJ and Xander played wonderful, wonderful golf and uh, they would have been tough for anybody to beat. Yeah, that's certainly right. Bryson DeChambeau, Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm, and Terrell Hatton played to a tie in the afternoon, but that does not give this match as much credit as it deserves because this was a heck of a match. We saw we saw Bryson uh, play four ball for the first time. We, he hit some unbelievable shots. He made a, a bunch of birdies early, but the shot that we will remember, Greg, is the line that he took on the par five fifth in which he hit a, and I'm, This is not a typo. You're not mishearing me. A 417 yard drive flips a wedge in there, makes Eagle. That is the, the upside. There it is. Thank you, producer Jacob. If you're watching on YouTube, that is what Bryson DeChambeau can bring in a format. Look, look at, look at this line compared to what his other guys. This is unbelievable to try to pull this off and then actually do it. Uh, and and again, look at where Scotty Scheffler's is. That other red one there. Fairway. Um, yep. Yeah. And so I think that's really important. Um, and and also the wind direction was perfect. And so you're right. This is what he can bring to the table, and it's it's fascinating. It's why this is the format for him. Why he's so he can be so dominant in this kind of format. So you love this. You love getting a half of, I mean, it's, it's probably a rare time where John Rom feels like somebody's doing something. He can't like outclassed in an area, which is amazing. It doesn't happen very often, but it's, that can be intimidating. And um, I, all the credit in the world to Rahm and Hatton because they fought hard. And as you heard John Rom say in his post, in his post round interview, um, that was, it was get looking a little dark for a while there and yeah. they were able to fight it off, fight them off. 
It was a battle. I mean, no no side was ever more than one up at any point in this match. It required, I think you said it earlier, driver five iron from Terrell Hatton on 18 to secure the half a point. I mean, it was it was a battle throughout. Well-deserved half a point for both of these teams. But again, not lost on me that John Rahm has one and a half of the two points for the entire team. And we've got eight matches in the books. That is, that's not, that's not, that's not going to work. No, it is. But well, you need that. You need that. Well, yes, of course. You need yes, that from need John Rob. <laughs> but he can't make up that kind of percentage of the total here. Um, there's just it's not going to work. So look, he's a he's a beast. Getting a split out of Rom, you take that any you get a half point in the John Rom match both matches tomorrow, and and you're going into Sundays feeling very happy. Very happy. I, I don't care if it's JT again. Uh, I, I don't care who the U.S. throws at him. You get a half against John Rom, and you did something right. Um, so that that's a big deal. And for Bryson and Scheffler, who are kind of younger guys, Scheffler being a rookie, Bryson only his. I mean, Bryson's never won a full point in in team play, which I don't is think, fascinating. I don't think he's ever won. I think that was his first point at all. I think he was zero and three. I might be he wrong. was he was zero three in the Ryder Cup, but he had a okay. half in a, a, a half in That's what the President's thinking. Cup. I think okay. he was oh one and one in the President's Cup. He didn't Got play it. very much, but um, a, anyway, here nor there. He, he to to get a half against a, a pairing like Rahm and Hatton was a was a big deal, and it kept some momentum going. And and losing if they had lost the seventeenth hole, and yeah. and they lose a full point there, I, I think it could could have. Um, really hurt momentum a little more. Tony Finau and Harris English uh, pull out a buzzsaw and defeat Rory McIlroy and Shane Lowry four and three. My takeaways, uh, Tony Finau, awesome. He had eight different threes on his card. They only played 15 holes, flashing back to Paris just a bit. And again, again, Rory McIlroy on the wrong side of an absolute drubbing. And it becomes the first time for Rory McIlroy in his Ryder cup career that he went. Oh, and two without a single point, uh, in a full day of matches. He has a lot of work to do to salvage a Ryder cup here. I mean, you think about starting. Oh, and two, if Rory wins two matches tomorrow and, and his singles, he goes three and two. And it will probably be a, it'll be a really important three and two if he can do that. But man, you lose this way and you perform the way he did. And it, it's, it's not a, it's not a great look. And that takes away some of that spark plug attitude. And when it's Tony Finau and Harris English doing it to you, if you're looking at the pairings, the potential pairings, this is one that doesn't have the, uh, the star name appeal that might scare you. It's not like you lost to DJ and Xander, right? T two top five players in the world. Nothing against Fino in English, just amongst this group of 12, it, right. it, it's a little less scary. And they come out and drum you like that. I mean, uh, but kudos to Fino because he was awesome. And, and if he, if they give him two opportunities tomorrow, I'm not sure what's in the plans for that, but if he gets two opportunities tomorrow, uh, he has a chance to be the star of the Ryder cup. 
Oh man, I did not see this coming for Rory McIlroy. Um, well, we can talk about more about that in just a second. The final match of the afternoon, Justin Thomas and Patrick Cantlay get together and they get a half a point from Tommy Fleetwood and Victor Hovland, but it's going to feel like a full point, Greg, because they were three down through eight. They made the turn two down. They grinded their way back into this. Uh, uh, Justin Thomas makes a great Eagle on 16 and they play to get a half a point. So they end up stealing kind Kind of that one in the end in a, in a, a match that uh, we were probably chalking up for a full point to the Europeans, uh, you know, a, a while after or a while before this thing ended. It, it shifts right at first. You're you're saying Thomas and Cantlay should get a point here. Um, they, they really should. I know Fleetwood and, and Hovland are great players, but we should get a point here. And then you're through eight holes saying, OK, we're not going to get anything here. <laughs> this is we're getting whitewashed. This isn't good. Um, and then Justin Thomas, our emotional leader, turns it on. He steps on the gas. And, and uh, fortunately for the Americans, Fleetwood and Hovland didn't make any birdies on the second nine and, and allowed the hottest player in the world coming in and our emotional spark plug in, in JT to really get it going. And the eagle was huge. Um, the shot into 17, even though he didn't make the putt, I, was was an awesome shot. And you kind of felt like, Okay, these guys aren't going. These guys aren't going away, um, and you get you end up you're three down through eight holes, and you end up with a 25 foot putt to win a full point on 18. No chance of losing. You're happy. Mm. Well, after the dust settles on eight matches on Friday, it is six in favor, six points in favor of the United States and two in favor of Team Europe. And with that, our friends over at Caesars are uh, they're ready to Vince Carter dot gift this thing. I'm pretty sure, Greg, because they have the Americans at minus one thousand to win the Ryder Cup. That means uh, you lay a thousand bucks, you get it right, you get a hundred dollars in return. Team Europe, if you still like that side of it, nine to one. It is clearly an uphill battle from here. What what kind of damage would Europe need to do on Saturday to give themselves a fighting chance heading into the final day? Um, uh, you got to win the. You got to win tomorrow. And I, I don't, I mean, I don't think you have to come back tomorrow. Singles, there's a lot of opportunity for volatility. You're down four now. If you can close it to, th to three, get within three going into singles, you have a real chance. Mm -hmm. At four, it's not over, but it takes a miracle. At five, right. it's over, right? So if you lose tomorrow and you're the Europeans, uh, let's say you lose by a point, you're, you're toast. You win it's by over. a point, you got a chance. And if you have... You need 2012 all over again. So uh, to feel comfortable, you know, you, you try to win each session. You win each session by a half a point. You go into Sunday down three um, and you're there and you hope you can catch a little momentum, get your guys fired up because um, because winning the day will do more than just get you within three. It, it will mean that you have some momentum on your side. And I, I really think if, if you're the U.S., you have to be cautious of that. Because it, it's easy to lose a day by a point. It's it's not hard to do. Um, I mean, it, this could easily turn into what we had today, flipped. And you could be tied going, it, who knows? It's happened before. So you got to treat it that way if you're the Americans. And if you do, and you still treat this like you're 
like you came into today. Like this thing is all tied. You haven't done anything yet. You haven't earned the Ryder Cup yet. And you know that the the guys in blue and gold have a, a knack for miracles on Sunday. You treat it that way. And going into Sunday, this thing will be over. Because it, it should be. But um, but it, it won't take a lot for Sunday to get interesting. When you look at potential pairings for Saturday, is it just stick with what works for the United States, run back out there, something similar to what they did for uh, foursomes in the morning? And does Europe have to kind of just shuffle it around, try to find some magic? Like what, how, is there a sense of desperation and will Captain uh, Padraig Harrington act accordingly? You can't go crazy and get away from your game plan. Because like I said, you only have to, you got to win each session, right? So you don't have to do anything out of completely out of the ordinary. Um, I think you know that Rom and Garcia are going to be really tough to beat. So I think you got to roll them out there. Um, Ian Poulter is a guy who didn't play very well, didn't look great, but now his back's up against the wall. And I would, I, I wouldn't be afraid of leaning on that guy with his back up against the wall. Question is, is Rory McIlroy's partner? Where, how do you, how are you feeling about Rory? And he's your, he's your problem. If you're, if you're, um, Podrick right now, All you, right, you gonna, ask, are you going to give him a chance? I'll ask two questions. <laughs> what would it take for Rory McIlroy to not play both sessions tomorrow? Is, is that even in the, in the realm of possibility? That's your, that's your guy. It's gotta go through. It's gotta go through Rory and John Rahm. If you sit Rory, have you conceded this Ryder cup? Oh, wow. Have you conceded it? Um, right. I, I think if you, if you sit Rory, it means you're desperate. It means you're desperate. So I wouldn't look at it like a concession. I would look at it as a, a, a real question in, on Rory's game, the state of Rory's game. Um, because you think about odds and probabilities, and I know Podrick does. So Podrick's sitting there saying, okay, Rory McIlroy is not going to go 0-5. Although I did say before this thing started there, I thought there were two guys in this, in this event that would have the opportunity to go. Oh, and five. And it was Rom and Rory because <laughs> they, they're, they're not going to get, they're not going to get benched. So, but Rory's played, you know, he hasn't looked great. So <sighs> Greg, I didn't see him hit one single, like good shot all day, but who's the replace? Who's the guy that you I say? Know. All right. I know. I All right, know. Rory, you're going to sit because we're going to play. We got to get Burns Burger out there. <laughs> is he the, like, <laughs> no, they don't have one. They don't is have it one. Shane Lowry? They, they don't, it's not there. Is it Paul? It's not Paul Casey. It's not Lee Westwood. I, I think Ian Poulter finds a spot in the morning and that is probably it. I, I don't see, I don't see it. It's, it's not Matt Fitzpatrick. No. No. I mean, Fleetwood and Hovland look, they looked really good. Uh, Fleetwood looked better than I expected him to coming into the week. I was a little worried about him. I, I thought Hovland. I thought Hovland was fantastic. Hovland's fantastic. So maybe those two guys go out in the morning. Would that surprise you? I mean, if you played them in four sums, you play Sergio and you you play the uh, Spanish contingent, 
right? Yeah, I mean, right. You you play, yeah, you play those guys. You try to grab two points, right? You go Rom, Sergio, Rory, Hovland, and be like, this is our best chance at getting two, and maybe we get a half a point or a, a full point from someone. You go like, Rory, Hovland? You split You split Fleetwood, Hovland? Yeah, dude, I, I, think you ha- I think you just have to go, like, put your four best players in two groups. And that's yeah. probably that's probably Rom Sergio and then Rory Hovland. And then maybe you go with like a like a Poulter Casey. Just see if you Something. can see if you can get him just get him going crazy. Or a Hatton, Hatton Poulter or Hatton, something. Hatton looks good. Yeah, Hatton. He looked good. Yeah. Something and then like you that. get you steal another half point and all of a sudden you win the first session and now it's a whole all of a sudden it's two and a half, one and a half, and that makes it uh seven and a half to four. And you're feeling, feeling a little bit of something you win. And it's you, you, you close the gap by one point and all of a sudden it's anyone's day come singles. If, if you have to make up two point two points with 12 singles matches out there, the way momentum works, I still like the U S and singles. Um, but, but if the momentum has shifted to that point, it's, it's a real factor. So the U S has to come out strong too. That's a really important thing. They have to come out with really heavy pairings early. They can't rest anybody yet. If they get through foursomes and they win three, one again, now you have some decisions to make. Am I going to save some guys for singles or am I going to try to close this thing out tonight? Um, and, and that's where, that's where you want to be tomorrow afternoon. If you're captain stripper. Last thing before we get out of here, real quick. Um, if the the Americans win tomorrow morning and extend this lead, let's say it's nine to three heading into the afternoon. Do we see? Here's the time to do it, Greg. Brooks and Bryson, roll them out in roll them out in four ball. They're not really even playing together. It could be this American victory lap, kumbaya, all come together. Let's go put the dagger in the Europeans. No. <laughs> you can't go you can't do you can't spoil the you can't spoil a good thing i mean that would be if something so happened you would be the you'd be looked at as the worst captain i mean it'd ruin a great captaincy because what he did today was great and you'd ruin it uh, don't do that please i don't think please i don't think don't do i don't think we will see it either but uh a man can dream yeah that's great too sharp you can find him on Twitter at the real GFD. Producer Jacob does all the hard work behind the scenes. Thank you, producer Jacob. We will be back after day two to break it all down. And of course, after the final day of the Ryder Cup as well. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time.